Welcome back to Spoiler Free Wrestling, everyone. I'm your host, Gentleman Ian, and by the end of this video, you will be completely up to date with everything that is making headlines in the world of professional wrestling, such as AEW is not expected to re-sign several wrestlers with expiring contracts. The Free Ali movement is trending in the wake of Mustafa Ali requesting his release from WWE, and we've got more coming up as well including news on the GCW pay-per-view from Hammerstein Ballroom on Sunday night. All right, but let's start things out with news that's coming regarding AEW's roster getting a little bit smaller. AEW obviously over the last couple of years have signed numerous additions to the roster. And we're now approaching the time where some contracts are coming up for renewal and we're seeing that some wrestlers aren't getting re-signed and we're hearing that more wrestlers are not going to get re-signed as well. So earlier in the year, Big Swole departed AEW and uh, Tony Khan and Big Swole had a bit of a, uh, a spat there back and forth when Big Swole had spoken about a lack of uh, inclusion. Uh, a lack of representation, excuse me, for black athletes in AEW. Tony Khan sent out a tweet basically uh, refuting this and also saying that he let Big Swole's contract run out because he wasn't happy with her wrestling. So regardless of all the other things that, uh, uh, that are involved with the situation with Big Swole and Tony Khan, she did have her contract run out and it was not renewed. Peter Avalon is said to have had his contract run out and it was not renewed. However, in the case of Peter Avalon, they uh, believe that he could come back on a per show agreement. Like, uh, for instance, if they're in the California area where he's active, uh, he might be brought in for dark or dark elevation to put somebody else over. But Peter Avalon, his contract with AEW has run out. He's not under contract to AEW. Leo Rush put out a tweet not too long ago saying that he will be a free agent starting on February 14th, Valentine's Day, if that matters. Uh, Leo Rush was on the Game Changer Wrestling pay-per-view in the Hammerstein Ballroom on Sunday. He also does some stuff with New Japan Pro Wrestling. We could possibly see him back with MLW as well. That's not clear, but Leo Rush is going to be departing AEW or at least won't be under contract to AEW uh, moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw Leo Rush back in AEW at some point. But we're now at a point where AEW is, look, AEW started in 2019, in very early 2019. And they signed a bunch of guys to three-year deals that are now coming up for renewal. Some of those deals had an option for AEW to renew them by two years. And we saw that with the Young Bucks. We saw that with Tony Schiavone. Uh, I'm assuming that there's others that just haven't been publicized as much. So basically, AEW is thinking, okay, well, we've added so many names to our roster. It makes sense that now some of these contracts that are coming up for renewal will simply just let them expire and not resign the wrestler. And this is in contrast to WWE and their current strategy of just, eh, if we're not using somebody, we're just going to cut them. So there were some other names that were speculated as, as they're not going to get their contracts renewed. So we know Peter Avalon 
his deal has expired. He could be back there at some point. We know Big Swole. She's no longer under contract to AEW. And uh, Leo Rush come February 14th. But there's three other names that are being tossed around as possibly departing the company. Now, I should mention before we mention these three names that it sounds like most of the reports saying that these guys are leaving. This is more speculation than anything else. What the reports are saying is that if there's someone who's on the roster and they're not injured, but they're not getting used, that's someone who's not going to have their contract renewed when it comes up. Uh, for renewal and so the three names that are being thrown around as possibly departing the company soon include brian cage now brian cage there's been a lot made about brian cage and how AEW has used him but brian cage joey janela and marco stun those are the names being tossed around as possibly departing the company now that's just speculation however that's uh basically what people have said is like, okay, well, if you look at the roster, who are guys that were signed in the beginning whose contracts are coming up for renewal that you don't see on television all that much? Now, Brian Cage, he hasn't been on AEW's television in a long time. And there was sort of a thing where Melissa Santos, which is Brian Cage's wife, came out and said, I believe that my husband, Brian Cage, is being misused in AEW. Lots of fans have sort of suggested that he's being... Um, I wouldn't say misused, underutilized would be perhaps a better way to put it. You don't happen to see Brian Cage very much. Now, like, Brian Cage is a guy who they have done stuff with, but they just sort of petered out how much stuff they do with him. Like, he came in and he was the first member of Team Taz. Taz announced him as the first guy he was going to manage as the new FTW champion. He got... Brian Cage is the last guy to get a win over Hangman Page. If you remember, Brian Cage beat Hangman Page uh, earlier this year. And then I believe it was the Revolution pay-per-view. Hangman Page got his win back. Now, there was some, I mean, Cage, there was some controversy because Cage attacked Hangman Page before the bell. But anyway, in the record books, Brian Cage beat the current AEW world champion. And now, by the sounds of it, it looks like he's going to be departing the company. So, and, and then Cage left Team Taz. He feuded with Team Taz for a bit. But after he lost the FTW title to Ricky Starks, we haven't really seen a lot of Brian Cage. And so at some point, they must have gone, you know what? This isn't a guy that we're going to invest TV time in anymore. And that's interesting because you would think, given Brian Cage's size, his ability to have a good match, that he would be more utilized by AEW. He could certainly be like, you know, how Lance Archer kind of comes in. He just Lance Archer will go away for a bit and then he'll come in and he'll get a title shot or he'll immediately come in to be this big giant heel. That's going to work with a baby face that they want to be more popular or get more wins. That's sort of what Lance Archer does. And you would think that Brian Cage could possibly do that, too. But somewhere down the line, they just decided Brian Cage is somebody that we can let go, that we can let leave this company when his contract comes up for expir uh, expiration, comes up for renewal, whatever. And so Cage's future is kind of interesting. Cage could be like, he could get interest from WWE. He certainly got the look for it. Now, Cage has said in interviews before, because he was with WWE. They cut him and 
Wait, did they cut him? I think they cut him. Anyway, Brian Cage has had dealings with WWE before, but he said that he had gotten an offer from WWE before Lucha Underground, but just decided, I'm going to go with Lucha Underground. So Brian Cage, we could see him back in WWE. That's a, that's a possibility. Another possibility for Cage is New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I say this because Cage wrestled Will Ospreay on a independent event recently. And Ospreay really put Cage over. He said in an interview that was posted on social media, or he said in a promo that he cut after his match with Brian Cage, that this is a guy you should be seeing on TV every week. And maybe we will be seeing Brian Cage on TV every week, just not with AEW. So we'll see what happens when his contract is up and he's fully a free agent. If that, if that happens. So basically what's been said is that AEW is not going to uh, publicize the wrestlers that are leaving. Uh, it's, it's just going to, they're just going to be like, ah, we're just letting the contract run out. As for the other two names, Joey Janela and Marco Stunt, of course, they played big roles in the GCW pay-per-view on Sunday. Now, Joey Janela has been around. I mean, Joey Janela has been on Dark. He's been on Dark Elevation. At one point, it seemed like they were given a push to him and Sonny Kiss. Like, remember when Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela were a tag team and they got some vignettes on Dynamite? It seemed like they'd be regulars on Dynamite, but that just kind of fell away and they were both they both just kind of landed on dark and dark elevation shows. Then they feuded with each other on dark and dark elevation, but it's, it's just never led to them being back on dynamite or rampage. And in the case with Joey Janela, like at one point he did a lights out match with John Moxley, I want to say, or Kenny Omega. Hey, he did a lights out match. So I feel like they maybe had more planned for Joey Janela, but he was someone who like Brian cage, they just decided, you know what, we've got other people that we're going to focus on. And they sort of got pushed down the card. And maybe Joey Janela is, is not going to have his contract renewed in AEW. We'll see. That's certainly the rumor. Can't be confirmed, though. And, of course, with Marco Stunt. Now, with Marco Stunt, what I think is leading a lot of people to believe that he's not going to have his contract renewed is he had been the third member of Jurassic Express. Of course, that team just won the tag titles, and there's no mention of Marco Stunt being a member of the group. He's not out there with them. It's all about Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So the idea that Marco Stunt could get let go, that seems pretty... Or not let go, but have his contract run out and not get renewed. So that that seems pretty likely, unfortunately, for fans of, of his. But Janela and Marco Stunt, they're going to be big players in GCW if you're following that promotion. So it's not like you're not going to see them. It's not like you're not going to see Brian Cage, but it sounds like you're not going to see them in AEW. <laughs> a big developing story that's been going on for a few weeks now uh, is Mustafa Ali requesting his release from WWE. Now, this is something that we've talked about before. It's a very interesting situation. Um, so Mustafa Ali hasn't been on WWE TV since October. And the reports are that WWE suggested a character change to Mustafa Ali. This character change was just something that he would never do. There was a dispute to some degree about this, and Mustafa Ali requested his release from the company. Now, this is just speculation. 
But Ali has been very vocal about wanting to be a positive role model for people with Middle Eastern heritage, for Muslim athletes, or, or not even just athletes, just people. Um, and he's want like because he's talked about when he was growing up watching wrestling. If he saw someone who looked like him on TV, they were a bad guy. They were, you know, the Muhammad Hassan character from SmackDown. Uh, you know. And he didn't want to do that. He, he he wanted to be a positive role model. He wanted to break down stereotypes. And so one could possibly assume. And one would just be assuming when one did this. But the possibility exists that maybe WWE or Vince McMahon suggested a character to him which significantly did not break down stereotypes and perhaps played into them. And Ali was just like, no. Because Ali put out a statement basically saying, I've got a message that is bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Try as I might, I, I as hard as I've tried, I, I cannot get this message out while working for WWE, so I'm requesting my release. Now, I mentioned before, if he's requesting his release publicly... I think that's a pretty good sign that he's requested his release privately as well. And so the reports have come out that WWE has no plans to release Mustafa Ali. Considering that in 2021, they released over 80 wrestlers and just freely let them go to other companies. Them deciding not to release Mustafa Ali is a significant development. It points to something being very different about this situation as opposed to other wrestlers who have requested their release recently. Now, before AEW, WWE would do this all the time. Someone would request their release. Maybe they'd do it publicly. Maybe they'd do it privately. And WWE would not grant it because they didn't want uh, a big free agency market in wrestling to allow another company to come along and, and build up a big roster. But now that that's already happened, now that AEW already exists... I think WWE's idea is, wow, we can get a lot of our our uh, talent costs, our roster costs, like our how much we spend on our roster. We can get that down a bunch by just letting these guys go, and then they go to AEW. And so what? So they did that with Braun Strowman, just released him. He can go wherever. I mean, he's not going to AEW, but uh, they decided they could part with him. They decided they could part with Bray Wyatt. But Mustafa Ali, they're putting their foot down and saying, no, we're not going to let him go. And I got to wonder why that is. One thought is that the nature of the dispute between Mustafa Ali and WWE is so sensitive that the company doesn't want him talking about it when he leaves. Like if they really did suggest a character to him that uh, plays into negative stereotypes I doubt that's something WWE wants him talking about after he leaves. The other possibility is that they believe that this situation between Ali and WWE is repairable. That maybe that they can somehow repair the relationship between the company and the performer and get him back on their television. It seems like, I mean, WWE or Vince McMahon seems to like Mustafa Ali. They, they tried a lot of things with him. He was on 205 Live. And they gave him a shot on the main roster. They let him lead a faction for a bit in a horrible storyline, unfortunately, that was never going to work. But in their heads, they probably thought it might work. 
And so now in the wake of news coming out that Mustafa Ali is not going to be granted his release by WWE, um, people in wrestling and fans of wrestling are using the hashtag Free Ali, very similar to what was done for Rey Mysterio years back. So we've seen like Mia Yim has put out a tweet with the hashtag Free Ali. Amanda Huber, uh, so Brody Lee's widow, put out a tweet saying she can really, what is this? She said, I keep seeing Free Ali is trending. I know what it's like watching someone ask for the release and get stuck, which is exactly what happened to her husband, Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. I promise the future is ready for the amazing things Ali is going to do. It sucks. It's delayed. But no, we are rooting for you. Now, Amanda Hoover is a AEW employee. So may like does Mustafa Ali have a home in AEW waiting for him upon his release? I would have to suggest that he does. I think Tony Khan would be very interested in having Mustafa Ali on his roster. Mustafa Ali is a passionate guy. Like if you ever see the promos that he would cut and put on social media, those were good. In terms of his wrestling ability, he's really good. Mustafa Ali is something to offer. But I think he's right. He wouldn't be able to offer that in WWE. There's just too many obstacles and writers and bookers who would prevent him from getting that message out there. And another sort of interesting development around the Mustafa Ali thing, that tweet that was sent out by Amanda Hoover, that was liked on Twitter by Sasha Banks. That's pretty interesting. That's a pretty interesting development. Also, Mustafa Ali put out a tweet where he he blocked the WWE on Fox Twitter account. So um, things between WWE and Ali definitely uh, pretty combative right now. NXT's Walter is now known as Gunther. And just a lot has happened around this name. So, rewind a couple of weeks ago. Or maybe it wasn't even that long. Rewind a little bit. And news broke that WWE had trademarked the name Gunther Stark. And a simple Google search of Gunther Stark, at that time anyway, now it's all about this story. But if you Google Gunther Stark, you found out that he was a Nazi U-boat captain. And everyone was like, why is WWE patenting the name of a Nazi U-boat captain or just a Nazi. The U-boat captain doesn't really factor into things. Um, so <laughs> there was just a lot of confusion about this. And then on NXT television, Walter uh, announces that he wants to be named Gunther from here on out. And everyone put it together like, oh my God, they just, they just patented or trademarked a Nazi name for Walter, and making things worse there is that Walter is from Austria. Um, so the basic story is, okay, WWE, they trademarked this name. From the sounds of it, this is not a case of they were like, let's trademark a Nazi name. This was just they trademarked a name and didn't bother to do a basic Google search on it. Then when news broke about who else has been named Gunther Stark in history, they decided to 
shorten Walter's name to just Gunther. So it won't be Gunther Stark. It'll just be Gunther. And I mean, I guess that's okay. But if you had already trademarked the term Gunther Stark, people can put two and two together and figure, okay, well, this Nazi name was meant for Walter. Now, according to a report that came out in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Walter would have never gone for this. Walter is said to be sort of a uh, progressive guy and would not have agreed to being given a Nazi name. It was WWE's idea, and the word is that they just didn't research it. They just didn't research the name to see if it might be associated with a Nazi. So I guess that's the end of the story. He's going to be Gunther now. They trademarked a Nazi name, but they're just going to go with the first name, and that's, and that's that. But it's sort of an interesting story in that how do you not just Google the name? Like, if you're trademarking the name, you have to search to make sure that there's not another trademark on the name. But that doesn't, like, you would assume somebody would do the Google search on their own. Evidently, WWE did not, and it caused a lot of controversy. Bully Ray has made a lot of headlines recently, and not really for good reasons. After John Moxley returned on AEW Dynamite last week, Bully Ray was on Busted Open Radio, where he's a co-host, and expressed the idea that he felt John Moxley should have or could have apologize to the AW fans for going away to rehab as in the AW fan, like somehow John Moxley did wrong by the AW fans by leaving and, and going away for a little bit, even if it was to handle alcohol problems. And of course this is a, like not a great take to have obviously because it, it, it sort of, it, it makes it sound like Moxley did something wrong by going to alcohol rehab. And like as a society, we, we have to provide positive reinforcement for people that are going to handle their demons, as is so often said in wrestling. So that's why so many people will celebrate those that are open and say, look, I developed an alcohol problem or a problem with alcohol and I had to go to treatment to to get it settled. We, we, have to, we have to let people know that that is a good thing to do so that more people do it rather than just continue to spiral downward and, and end up having a negative impact on the people around them, uh, even taking years off their life. Uh, you know, we, we have to celebrate the people that come out and say, I had a problem, I went and I dealt with it. I went and I dealt with it. And, and hopefully that will encourage other people to do the same. But bully... Bully doesn't exist in the modern world. Bully's still like 20 years ago. And Bully felt that Moxley maybe needed to give the fans an apology for going away and, and dealing with his problems. So this was very much panned by everyone that, Mo that Bully Ray would come out with this take. One of those people who was not happy was Renee Paquette, who is Moxley's wife, of course, the former Ray Young, Renee Young. She put out a tweet basically saying, that's a bad take, Bully Ray. And she gave a thumbs down emoji. And she would later 
so it's come out sort of today, these other comments that she made on the podcast that she does with uh, Misha Tate. And she really buried Bully, Bully Ray. She was like, up until this, I'd never had a problem with Bully Ray. Other people had. I, I knew that other people had a, had a problem with Bully Ray, but I never had. And she continued to say, like, I wasn't sure if I was really going to address this. But, or, or like, to give it more press, you know? But she was so upset that somebody did this to her husband for doing such a bra- brave thing. And apparently she said that Moxley just doesn't, he's not even thinking about it, but it was something that up- upset her. And she also said, like, look, Bully hasn't apologized for it. She didn't really sound like she even wanted an apology for it. She's just kind of done with Bully Ray. And just, you know, he can say whatever he wants. He's not a person whose opinion should be respected is more or less the sentiment that Renee expressed on this podcast. And the GCW fans in the Hammerstein Ballroom on Sunday, they also expressed what they thought of Bully Ray's take on John Moxley. A large F Bully Ray chant was heard when John Moxley came out and Renee Paquette tweeted out, you know, more or less that she was happy with the GCW fans for tweeting that. But uh, Bully hasn't backed down from his comments at all. He put out a tweet saying, like, I, I'd expect nothing else from my GCW fans in the Hammerstein ballroom. And he put out hashtag F Bully Ray. But I don't think Bully really understands how, like, ridiculous a take he expressed is. And I got I, I got to say, Busted Open Radio. I like Dave LaGreca, and and sometimes there's good things in there. I have heard some of the most horrible and misguided opinions on wrestling expressed on Busted Open Radio. And that's not a shot at the show. I listen to it from time to time. But boy, like, Bully has expressed some crazy points of view uh, on that program. And you wonder, like, ugh. I think a lot of people have sort of washed their hands with Bully Ray's opinions on wrestling. Renee Paquette and John Moxley are certainly two of them. I'd want to spend some time talking about the GCW pay-per-view that was on Sunday. Now, obviously, this was a huge show for Game Changer Wrestling. Um, they go from having hundreds of fans in the audience to having a couple thousand. Uh, sold-out Hammerstein Ballroom, a very historic venue where the one-night stand pay-per-views were held. Lots of Ring of Honor pay-per-views have been held there. Uh, Lots of ECW shows were held there before the one-night stand shows as well. So this was a big step up for GCW. This is them sort of leveling up a little bit, where they're now, I don't know if you could call them an indie. It depends on your definition of, of indie. And if you want to know the actual definition of independent wrestling, it means any promotion that isn't the National Wrestling Alliance. That's how it start. That's how the term came to be, because there was the National Wrestling Alliance. But then there'd be these outlaw mud shows that were not associated with the NWA. And they'd call them independent shows because they were independent of the National Wrestling Alliance. But then it just got kind of twisted around to mean like any smaller promotion. But. So, so I mean, the definition has changed so much that the definition of an independent promotion really just depends on you and what you decide an independent promotion is. 
But anyway, I think this takes GCW away from being like similar to a pro wrestling gorilla or like a really popular small independent show and puts them up on a level with, say, like an Impact or a Ring of Honor or an MLW. Like they're in that sort of second tier of wrestling promotions now. Because you got at the top tier, you've got WWE, AEW, put New Japan Pro Wrestling in there as well. Uh, it's debatable where you'd put the top Mexican federations like AAA or CMLL. But then underneath those top tier organizations, you've got your Impacts, your Ring of Honors, your MLWs, uh, your NWAs. And I, I would put GCW in, the, in that mix now as well. So the show is sort of getting mixed reviews. I liked it, but... <laughs> Uh, it was clear that GCW is not used to having to hit time cues because they were on traditional pay-per-view for the first time and they had to get off the air at 11. Well, what ended up happening is I, 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 like everything sort of went long. So by the time you got to the big matches, nobody had that much time left. And when you got to the final match between the Briscoes and Matt Tremont and Nick Gage, they only had six minutes. That match went five minutes and 38 seconds. That's obviously not what they wanted for their main event. But everything else had gone so long that they had to do it in that quick amount of time to get off the air. And, of course, longtime fans will remember that's exactly what happened to ECW and their barely legal pay-per-view as well. They ran short on time, and that Raven-Terry Funk match, which at one point was supposed to be a match, turned into Terry Funk kind of giving them the small package and winning the title really, really quickly. So there was other matches that kind of went short. Uh, like John Moxley versus Homicide went just over 11 minutes. I would have to imagine they wanted that match to go longer. And if you look at the beginning of the show, like the Battle Royal, or well, I guess that's not on pay-per-view, but like the, the first two matches were the two longest matches on the show, and then they had to cut everything after that or cut it for time. The ladder match went just under 17 minutes. The trios match, which was not built up at all. It was just a trios match. That was the second longest match on the show. It went over, or the third longest shot, uh, match on the show. It went uh, just over 14 minutes. The ladder match was the second longest match on the show. It went just under 17 minutes. And during the trios match, you could hear, like at one point, somebody said very loudly, said, guys, you got to go home. Basically saying to the guys wrestling, you have to end this match now. And they didn't end the match. The match continued. They did more diving moves on the outside. So I think this was a case of like they couldn't get those first few matches out of the ring fast enough. And so they had to have the Briscoes and Nick Gage and Matt Tremont have a six minute match, which is obviously not what they had planned for. And I, I do think that hurt the show a little bit. Um. Because everything in that last hour felt rushed. It felt like you weren't getting the full show that had been planned. And you weren't getting, like, instead of getting longer matches with the people that you'd paid to see, you got long matches at the beginning that went over time and then caused everything else to be cut. Now, some people have been saying, oh, they should have cut. The longest match on the show was Matt Cardona versus Joey Janela. Some people are saying, like, oh, well, that match shouldn't have gotten the time that it did. That was a major match on the show. Of course, 
like it went 20 minutes. I'm sure they had planned for Moxley and Homicide and the Briscoes, Nick Gage and Trey, Matt Tremont match to go 20 minutes as well. They just couldn't do it. But in general, like if you've got matches that are unadvertised going over the time or not unadvertised, they were advertised, but like nothing had been built up to lead to it. it it's not a marquee match. Those matches should not be going longer than the matches that are the marquee matches. And that's sort of what happened. Now, lucky for Matt Cardona and Joey Janela, they were on earlier in the show. So they could still kind of do their their thing. And they had 20 minutes of a match that had so much story packed into it. They had so much, like, angles and... Like, it was like a movie more than it was a wrestling match. This is all the stuff that happened, or, like, not even all the stuff that happened, like... They did. They recreated the John Cena throw your shirt into the crowd spot from One Night Stand 2006. Also, at the end of the match, Brian Myers came in wearing a motorcycle helmet and speared Janela through a door, just like Edge had done to John Cena at One Night Stand 2006, which, of course, was held in Hammerstein Ballroom. Matt Cardona came out to the Sandman's entrance. He has a red flannel on that reads F. McFoley on the back. They teased like Chelsea Green was going to turn on Cardona, but that was all a ruse so she could get a cheap shot in on Joey Janela. Smart Mark Sterling brought in uh, Virgil and a Vince McMahon mask to provide a distraction uh, for to provide a distraction for Cardona. Swoggle came out from under the ring and attacked Joey Janela, but then he was thwarted by Marco Stunt, who returned at the show. So just all this stuff happened. Like, it was 20 minutes of just stuff. 20 minutes of just, like, angles and gimmicks and new stuff happening. But I thought it was really entertaining. But some people were upset that it went long enough that these other matches had to be cut. But there were so many other, there were so many other matches that, that could have been cut. There were matches you could have just cut completely. Just not even have them on the show, and it would have saved time for the main events. I think at least we got the full Cardona versus Joey Janela match. That didn't get cut. They presented it in its entirety. But it was really the only marquee match that got that treatment. So that's something GCW is going to have to work on in the future. They're going to have to make sure that they're they're not cutting time from their big matches uh, to 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 be able to finish the pay-per-view within the allotted time. And we'll see what happens next for them. We'll see what happens when they have a next big show. Cause that's really, really the barometer for how well this show went is how many people purchase their next pay-per-view. A final news bit that I think we should discuss before we get out of here for this week. Uh, Conan is recovering from a recent heart surgery that he uh, he had not last week, but the the week before, and um, he's also dealing with kidney issues. Now Conan, or someone very close to Conan, spoke with the Wrestling Observer newsletter and kind of explained the situation. So last year Conan had a really bad case of COVID nineteen, and he was in the hospital. And he has said they even brought in a priest to give him the last rites. That's how bad his uh, how dire his situation with COVID was. And apparently that has damaged his heart and his kidneys. 
So he went to the doctor to get checked out because he was having chest pains. They discovered the heart issue and they scheduled him for surgery. By the time he went into the hospital, by the time he had the surgery and was out, was about six days. So the heart issue has been corrected. So that's great. Said they put like a stent in or whatever. So he's doing good for heart stuff. But apparently he is going to need a kidney transplant, which is something that he had had in 2007. So he already had a donor kidney in there and then it got damaged from COVID and now he needs another one. So apparently Conan's confident that they have a donor who can donate the kidney to him. Uh, but it's it's a rough go for Conan, who's had health problems in the past, and that really bad bout with COVID has now caused problems with his heart and his kidneys, and he's going to need another kidney transplant. So we definitely want to send out our best wishes to Conan. Uh, Conan has contributed so much to professional wrestling, and hopefully he will be out of the out of the woods for these heart issues soon. But that's going to do it for this video, everyone. I want to thank you so much for continuing to support Spoiler Free Wrestling. If you haven't already, click the subscribe button. Also, click the like button and share this video uh, with anyone who you think would appreciate this type of wrestling coverage. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. I'm Gentleman Ian for Spoiler Free Wrestling.